Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. You guys, you're amazing. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. I love these guys. I love these guys. I always love the creative teams in any church I go to because I, I used to be one of them. Believe it or not, I used to be a worship leader. It's hard to believe. But, but you can be dry. Why I honor these guys so much is that we put so much, um, um, we depend on them so much. You know, we want them. You come into church feeling all sulky and grumpy because you had a stink week. And you come in here like, turn me on if you can. Seriously, I know how it works. I'm one of you. I know how it works. Like, if you can shift me out of my negativity right now, God bless you. I made my way here. See what you can do with this. That's <laughs> truly is. It's how we arrive. I've arrived like that many times. But these guys, so they had the stink week where the devil attacked them, where the car broke down on the way to church. They were late for practice. They came in here. Everything in the world went wrong with them this week. And then we say, get up there and take us into the Holy of Holies. And they've just got to turn the switch and say, God, I'm putting all that aside right now. And I'm making a decision with my spirit that I will rejoice in the Lord my God. And I'm not going to let anything of yesterday deter me from that. And I'm going to take this place right into heaven this morning. And they just do it. And I honor that. I honor that. I honor people who make decisions. I honor people who say, I'm not going to let the circumstances um, um, affect my atmosphere right now. I'm going to let my ability to change the atmosphere unshackle me from every circumstance that the week put on me. And I'm going to walk in the victory in Jesus' name. We talk about, I want to be an overcomer. I told you, we sing that song, we want to be an overcomer. But seriously, if you want to be an overcomer, there's some stuff you've got to overcome. It's pretty simple, really. It's not even rocket science. You don't have to go to Bible college to learn that. It's like you'll go through all kinds of stuff this week, and then you arrive here, and it's like, thank God for Sunday, because on Sunday I can get into the presence of God, and we can activate a supernatural atmosphere that shifts us from the doubt, fear, circumstances, hopelessness of yesterday, and into the rejoicing of the Holy Spirit and God's victory in my life. Don't get to it. Is this it working? Don't get too excited. I'm just telling you how it is. I'm just telling you how it is. I live my life in that. When you're paralyzed and everything in your world, I was paralyzed totally from the neck down, um, and, and that was eight years ago now. When you're like that, if you begin to believe your circumstances, you are finished. Be paralyzed forever. Like if you even believe the words, God bless them, the words that the doctors are saying, because what they're saying is true when they look at your spine and they say, well, here's the deal. Looking at your circumstances, you will never walk and be prepared to be like this for the rest of your life. That's cool because that's what the circumstances do. But I don't trust the circumstances. I am believing the word of God that says you will be healed in Jesus' name. And, and even if I can't understand it, I still gotta, I'd sooner believe this than the doctor's report. Why get our head locked into the doctor's report instead of the word of God? Why do that? Let God turn up. What an amazing atmosphere you've got in this church. I mean, the power of God's here. Anointing's here. You can just get healed. I mean, anything could get healed. Even an atheist can get healed. <laughs> it is, that's not silly. That's true. 
it, it, we see you can be an atheist. I met an atheist actually a little couple of months ago in Singapore. I went to the gym, as you can tell, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I thought I've got to go to the gym while I'm in Singapore to maintain my vigorous health. And uh, so I went to the gym. And I met a guy who is, and anyway, he met me and I said, look, I'm here for a little bit of training. And uh, we got training. And, um, and he said, and we, eventually it's going to come out, isn't it? It's going to come out. Like, I'm a Christian. It, you can't stop it coming out because it, it comes out. Yeah. It's like a disease. <laughs> it's like if you've got the worst flu in the world, Ebola, I don't want to sit beside you. But when you've got Jesus on the inside, it's a little bit like Ebola. Someone's going to catch it. <laughs> they reckon if you sneeze, it goes like anyone within three meters is going to catch your disease if you sneeze. And so Christianity is like that. So I'm down there and, um, and I meet um, this guy and he's, he's going to give me some personal training, which is nice. And then next thing he's like, we start talking about who am I and what am I? And I'm a he's, I'm an atheist. I don't believe any of that stuff. It's all rubbish. And um, and anyway, I'm preaching on Sunday. Why don't you come check it out? Because I I'm with him. I'm with him. I can be with him. I can sympathise with him. Sometimes you want to be an atheist because you've seen a Christian. most negative small-minded person on the planet you know and so you're happy to be an atheist I've actually told people that's what I am because they're so small and so negative and uh, anyway um, I got talking to him and he said you know what I like you and I know it's not me he's like he's liking the spirit of God within me which is contagious and catchy because everywhere Jesus went there was such an influence I mean dead people get out of coffins and stuff happens you know and Water turns into wine. That would be the kind of rabbi I'd choose to follow too. <laughs> I don't know, don't know where that came from. Um, um, Jesus was very cool. And anyway, so we convinced this guy to come to church. <laughs> and he comes to church. Who knows what he thought about church? Because he tells, this is what he says, if I come there, the roof's going to fall in. I'm, I, I, God doesn't exist, mate, and all this sort of stuff. So he comes to church, and so it's like, let's finish church early because there's an atheist in here. So you don't want to bore him, you know. We don't want to keep it going too long, so let's stop. And so before we finish, we said, okay, let's, uh, we're stopping church now. But any, because I'm thinking he wants to get out. So we're stopping church now. And all who want to leave, see you later. And um, anyone who wants to stay and just encounter God, stick around. The musicians are going to play. And we get out into the, into the, the uh, what do you call it, the foyer. You guys haven't got a foyer. Oh, that's a foyer out there. Okay. And you get into the foyer. And I'm expecting, where is he? Where is he? Where's the atheist? Where is he? And he's not there. And I'm thinking, man, he must have shot out before we actually finished church. And uh, anyway, we're out there having coffees and hanging out. And about 10 minutes later, 15 minutes to be honest with you, out he comes. Tears streaming down his face. And he says, mate, God's in there. 
And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And you don't have to be ugly. You don't have to beat him over the head for saying he's an atheist. You just love him and invite him. And so we're down the gym the next day, and he introduces, he says, look, that guy needs your help. And, and the guy just happens to be the world middleweight champion of Taekwondo. The world middleweight champion. He's just, he's just right now actually just become the, the world champion all over again, however that happened, and he fought a fight in, in, in Dubai. And uh, so he says, that guy needs you to talk to him. He's got problems. And uh, so I just go over and, and start talking, and I said, look, we've got a little house group thing happening in one of the homes in Singapore tonight. Why don't you come along? And he comes along, and, uh, mate, he, 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 he encounters God. This world champion Taekwondo fighter encounters God in this little, there's only, there's only, I think there might have been 10 of us there, but we weren't even like, we weren't being like, give your life to Christ, you know, all that. We were just loving people. And he has an encounter with God. And before we left that night, he said, you know what? I want to receive Jesus as my saviour. So the, the Taekwondo boxer gets saved. He gets born again on his first encounter with God. Then um, next day at the gym, we're talking, and he says, you know, I think I need to go the next step. What, what can I do now? And I said, mate, you need to get baptised before you go fight your next fight. So he says, can you baptise me tonight? And I said, mate, we can baptise you right now. And so that night, we organised for a baptism, and the atheist personal trainer turns up at the baptism, which is pretty cool. He turns up because he's one of his guys in the gym is going to get baptized. So he's like, we're going to baptize him in the swimming pool. And then there's some Muslim people who are the security guards in the area. And they heard we're going to baptize. Somehow they got news. A whole bunch of us showed up, all fired up. And they got angry and they said, there's no baptisms happening here tonight. And the atheist, you, I mean, you want to see this guy. He's Russian and he's built like Fort Knox. And he's an atheist, thank goodness. And so he walks up to them. He walks up to the two guys who are not letting us baptize. And he said, well, you've just got one problem. To stop them, you've got to go through me. You just love having those guys around you sometimes. And I was thinking, you know, this is not really what we promote. It's not really what we're, you know, it's about to be a fight. And I'm thinking, you know, this is not really conducive to a great atmosphere for baptism. And then, God bless her, there's an Indian woman there. She says to me, Pastor Don, I'll sort it. And she's just got a grace of God about her. And she walks up to the security guards and somehow gets in between them and this massive fighter and says, listen, we just need to chill all this out and we're just going to let it happen, guys. It's all going to be cool. And everything dissolves and we baptize the guys in the pool and everything's cool, and then the atheist sits with me until 2 o'clock in the morning as I share the testimonies of God's incredible love, and right now he communicates with me almost every day, wanting to know more about the living God. I tell you right now, we're on the right track. Anyway, anyway, we've we got to get to preaching. We've got two minutes to preach, all right? Here we go. Okay. And uh, I'm going to give you one verse, and then we've just got to get on with it. 
in fact, I don't even know which verse to give you now because we've run out of time. Um, here we go. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to, um, um, I can't remember what the verse is. I think it's Mark chapter 6 and verse 45. And it says, um, it says, um, the good man out of the good treasure in his heart brings forth good things. Is that a good verse? Good man out of the good treasure in his heart brings forth good. The evil man out of the evil things in his heart brings forth evil things for out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks i just want to talk just for a few seconds then on the overflow of your heart if things that are good around you are going to happen it will be from the overflow of your life what comes out of you is what affecting the atmosphere okay so somebody came up to me after the first meeting the 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 8am meeting or whatever it was and they came up to me and said pastor don i just want to know how do you get this stuff happening in your life which is a great question because a lot of people hear about the power of God. We teach about the power, but how does it actually happen? And I just want to say this morning to every person here, it happens not, if you've got a life that's always needy, I need, I need, I need, there's probably not going to be an overflow because we're too needy when we become satisfied with God and we get content in the power of his love and we get filled up this is why you must be filled with the Holy Spirit Jesus didn't say say as a suggestion oh be a good idea if you got the Holy Spirit in you he said you must be filled with the Holy Spirit because when he fills you up you become more than enough a lot of people are barely enough and so when you're barely enough, you're needy. You need more. We need. But why don't we live lives where we affect the row we live in, the row, we sit, the row we're sitting in? Like, why aren't we the best worship leader in our row? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we leaving it up to this guy at the front who's had a terrible week and struggling to get his next note out and trying to get his act together to try and think how the next song goes? Why aren't we the champion worship leader in our row? Yeah. That's, what, that's how I, I've lived my life like this. Like, no matter where I'm sitting, even if it's the back row, I want to be the lead singer in the back row. I get annoyed when someone out sings me. I'm struggling right now, <laughs> sitting beside Pastor Ross. And uh, I, I want to lead the row. I, I want to I activate something because I realize that when Jesus saved me, something transformed in my life so powerfully that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was never ever going to be the same I was different and and that happens no matter where you sit that should happen it should overflow out of your life it shouldn't be like oh my god I wish this worship leader would get me stirred up it should be like man alive I'm so fired up the worship leader you can hardly hear him is this okay because I kind of believe that we should all be like leaning forward a little, hungry, because God, we're living in a place of expectation that changes our world in Jesus' name. I don't want to hear about miracles. I want to be a part of them. I want to be a part of them. And, and everybody can be. You don't have to even be hardly spiritual. I mean, you just have to be loving Jesus and you'll have miracles. Loving Jesus. So if the good man out of the good things in his heart brings forth good thing, and the evil man out of the easy treasure in his heart, for out of the overflow of the heart. What's in your heart this morning? Let me ask you, what's in your We've got a tray here, which could be a good illustration for you, without spilling too many things. And um, so here's how I would sort of see it, okay? And I'll get the top off this. This illustration I got, I was in a... In a, in a, in a whatever it's called, the lounge club at the airport, the, the Virgin Flight, Virgin Air 
lounge at Sydney Airport, Basel? Yeah, Sydney Airport. Oh, no, sorry, I was in Melbourne Airport when this happened. This is about three weeks, four weeks ago now, in Melbourne Airport. And the girl came, All everything's free, okay? There's a whole cupboard full of it, which is a great example. God's got more than you could imagine in store for you. And, it's, and it's, he's already paid the cost. It's all free. So the gift of the Holy Spirit is free. The anointing's free. It's all free. Just walk in it. And so I've got a bottle of drink there, and I've been drinking that, and I've got my glass, and I've been drinking this nice bottle of fizzy water, not this ordinary old plain stuff, nice fizzy water. And uh, she came to take it away, and she because they take it away, and they always want to replace, and they always want you getting new stuff. I didn't want to get up and walk to the thing because I was trying to prepare my message for that night. And so she went to take it away, and I said, excuse me, I haven't finished with that. And then, so she said, okay, sir. And she went to pour it in, and she poured it in my glass. And here's exactly what happened. She somehow thought that what was in the bottle would fit in the glass. But as you can see, it's going everywhere. And I'm sitting under the table, so it ends up on my legs. And uh, so there's water everywhere. And she's like, I'm so sorry, sir. And I said, no, no, don't be sorry. I love the overflow. (laughs) And she said to me, in fact, that's where this whole message thought comes from, right there, from somebody making a mistake. Some of us get our messages, I know preachers who get their message by sitting and looking at a concrete wall for six hours and come up with something like three pillars in the temple mean this. But it means nothing to your world. But the overflow and this girl, and so she had spilt it on me, obviously, and she's like, I'm so sorry. And I said, no, no, don't worry about it. I love the overflow. I love it when things are overflowing. And she's like, I've never met anybody like you before. That's encouraging right there, because why do we all have to fit in the same old box? Why can't we be the individual God created us to be who knows who we are? We're a son or a daughter of the living God. We have an anointing on us and a call on us to bring transformation wherever we go. You don't have to go to transformations. You can get transformation wherever you are. Wherever you are, you can transform the atmosphere. And so... Here's the interesting thing about what she did because I was thinking about it and I was thinking about this overflow in my life because I'm fired up, as you can tell, about the overflow, okay? And I believe that God wants everybody to have an overflow in their life. How many believe that? I mean, is that just me? Pastor Don, how the heck do I get the overflow coming out of my life? How do I live what you're living? How do I walk into the gym and a guy walks in on a walking frame in the gym I belong to in Auckland, New Zealand, and he walks in a walking frame, and I end up sitting down beside him at a, at a breakfast shortly after we'd done our exercise, and we're, doing, and, and we're just talking, and, they start, and I ask the question, how did you get your bad back? Which, don't ask anybody that question. <laughs> just assume they've got a bad back. doesn't matter how they got it, God can heal it, all right? Because I asked them, made the mistake of asking how you got the question, and it, and it was Shagger's back, and he went on and on, and then the whole table joined in about how this back developed, and how everything happened, it was like terrible, terrible. A lot of Christians incidentally would, would, excuse me, I'm a little mouse and I can't stand that sort of talk and away they go and they walk on out and they dribble on out into the street and, uh, and uh, live a pitiful, weak life and never affect anything. And I'm sitting there thinking, my God, I'm Daniel in the lion's den. And I know someone's praying for me because I know my father's already in heaven and he's on the balcony. If we would just believe the word of God, actually. And he's on the, it says he's on the grandstands of heaven and it says they're cheering us on. So while all this negativity is happening around me, dad's cheering me on. Come on, son. You can handle that, man. Get ready for the anointing to come on you and you're about to shift the atmosphere and get the whole gym saved. 
I literally believe that stuff. And anyway, so uh, the discussion happens, and then finally the whole discussion goes around the table. It's all crazy. And then it comes to me, and they said, oh, by the way, because I'm new at the gym, as probably you can notice, and, uh, and, and so I'm new at the gym. So they say, oh, what about you? What do you do? What's your job? I dare to tell them. That's what the devil whispers to me. I dare to tell them. I dare you, after discussion you've just heard, devil says, I dare you to tell them that you are a Christian and you pastor a church just around the corner. And I'm up for a dare. (laughs) So tough luck, devil, because you got me here, not some pitiful little weak Christian who's going to crawl out because the discussion got too tough. You've got Don McDonnell here who's afraid of nothing. Because Christ in me, the hope of glory. Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Because I don't care what they think about me. Because Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And he says, you're pretty cool. I died on a cross for you because I thought you're so amazing. I'm going to take your place in death so you can have everlasting life. Why aren't we excited about that? And... So I, said, I finally piped up and I said, well, I'm, yeah, I'm Don McDonnell and I pastor a church around the corner called Inspire. To which one of them responded, what a beep, beep, I can't use these words, what a beep, 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 waste of time, the churches, what a beep, beep, irrelative cause that is on the earth today. Something like that. And uh, so you're like, you know, some of you have been there, so you know how I was feeling. I was feeling like, We'll let the rapture happen. Rapture. Happen. Rapture. rapture. <laughs> That's why we love the end time message, because we're all flipping scaredies. We all want to hear about the end times. Jesus coming back tomorrow. Let's get out of here. We don't want to change anybody's life. Oh, we're too scared of that. Get the rapture happen now. And so I'm sitting there. I'm actually, I actually almost prayed that, let the rapture happen. And then I thought, nah, Holy Spirit, give me a word right now. And I said, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, the only reason you would say that the church is irrelevant would just prove to me it's a long time since you've been and I'm here today to invite you to church. And of course you can imagine after that the place went deadly quiet. (laughs) Deadly quiet. You'd have thought someone had died. And uh, so it went real quiet. And then, so then you have an opportunity. And I said, by the way, uh, sir, with the back, I said, um, you know, tell me a little bit about your life. How did you end up in the situation you're in now? And he began to tell me how that when the Germans bombed London, how his home got bombed. And in fact, his whole town got bombed. And he said, you know, as a little boy, I was nine years old. And he said, I actually want, I needed to find something that would, I could relate to. And he said, I was walking down the street thinking how hopeless it was, dust, my parents killed, everything, a disaster. And he said, I was walking down, and there was a little church that was still standing. Hitler missed that. And, uh, and he said, I thought if I go in the church, maybe God's in there as a little boy. And that's how a little boy would think. And he said, when I began to walk, and he said, I got up on the steps and there was a little a rose flower still, still right. And he said, I looked at the rose and there was God in the rose. How cool is that? A little nine-year-old boy, that's what he related to, you know. He said, I never actually went inside. He said, I was too scared. I didn't know what might be in there. Unfortunately, that's a case with a lot of churches. And, and so, but here was this rose that had God in it. And, and anyway, so 
That was his story to me. And so next Sunday, I get up and I preach about this illustration of everybody's looking for hope somewhere, and people find God in different circumstances in life. Some nine people who have been nine years old and have encountered God in a certain way. And then I gave the altar call, and guess what? When the altar call happened, next thing I see this walking frame coming down the aisle of the church, and I see a woman beside him, and it's his wife, and Brian staggers down the church. This is the guy who had all these issues with church. He staggers down the church, and both of them, weeping their heart out on the altar, surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And Brian is now on fire for God. He's now the evangelist at the gym. He's now telling everybody at the gym I go to in Auckland, not Singapore, in Auckland, if you've got any problems, go see that guy there, because he got all the answers. And I, when they come to me, I say, no, go see him. He's just had an encounter with God. He knows exactly how God can turn your life around. And we're having a revival in our gym right now, because of the overflow, the overflow, and 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 somebody, and, and somebody said to me earlier in the in the after the first meeting, times, is time up. Anyway, someone stopped my clock, and uh, but he, I just want to give you this. Here's a practical illustration for you. So, how do you get the overflow happening in your life? You come to church, number one. That's a good thing because here's the deal. My Bible says one will put a thousand to flight and two will put ten thousand to flight. The devil's greatest weapon is to get you separated from the flock on your own. If he can divide you off, if he can get you critical about church, critical about, uh, about his kingdom, and get you divided off where you become cynical. When you're my age, it's easy to get cynical. Anything over 30, you become cynical, okay? As soon as you get to 30, it's easy to become cynical and negative and critical and all those things. So the devil has a, has a task that he can say. That's why when Jesus said, when, when the fox, the wolf comes and he divides the sheep, he comes to seek to destroy the wolf, the fox, and he'll separate one off. And Jesus said, I'll leave the 99 and go after the one because the one is incredibly important to Jesus because he loves people even though they've got critical, even though they've got negative, he wants them back in the flock. So he goes after them because he knows that on your own there will be no miracle, there'll be no overflow, there'll be no supernatural activity and you'll get locked down into a small world. But if you can get with one, one will put a thousand to fight, but two, when you get two, and somebody made it here today and I want to say this right now you made it here today and God's word to you is now that you're here today you're going to get connected in such a way that you're not going to just have little miracles but you're going to have massive miracles because one will put a thousand to flight but two will put ten thousand to flight and you're going to begin to be an overcomer and victorious in your life because here's the deal if you're like if God's pouring it out here and you're over there let me get another glass here if you're there, if that's you, and everybody else is here getting the overflow and it's pouring out of them, and you're away over there, you ain't going to get nothing. And my word to you is, how do you get the overflow? You position yourself in such a way that God can fill you up. Here I am, God. I'm on the front row. I'm hungry. I want more. I'm going to go to the altar today because I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I need miracles in my life. I'm sick of living ordinary. I need some power in this Christian. Is that okay? Is that okay? Because I believe that we can't have the overflow. So the first way you get the overflow is the way you position yourself and get in the place where God can literally pour it into you. The second way you get an overflow is what you eat. What you eat. If you're eating curry, you will smell like you've been eating curry. And wherever you turn up, there'll be curry coming out of you. And people may not want to sit near you. 
It's, it's things you eat affect what you are. What you eat is what you are. In any realm of life, what you eat is a, they even say that, what you eat. So what you hear, what you take in, what you listen to, if you're hanging around negative people, you'll never have an overflow in your life. If you're hanging around people who are just cynical and critical and, oh, my God, that's never going to work, that's never going to work, I can't stand it. I've got to move away from them and get positioning myself where I hear faith. That's why I love being on the front row because I'm not going to get distracted by people picking their fingernails and picking their nose and all those sort of things that happen. I'm going to be on the front row or near to the front where I can get total focus on worship and lift my hand because I am hungry to eat the stuff that God's giving me. I want to eat His Word. I want to dwell in His Word. I want to let His Word come into my life in such a way that it releases power in every part of my life. Somebody this week is going to start living in the overflow, okay? The overflow comes thirdly out of how we identify ourselves. Do you identify yourself with the devil's lies over your world or do you identify yourself with what this Bible says about you, that you you're more than a conqueror, that you are a victorious person, that you are created amazing, that you're the best wife in the world, you're the best husband in the world. Do we identify ourselves with that or do we identify ourselves with what some TV program is telling us about our marriage? Because I believe what we identify ourselves with will cause us either to live in the overflow or outside of it. Amen? Is that okay for a Sunday morning? because we've got to finish right now. So I'm going to close this service right now. It's 12.06. I'm getting hungry. Hey, I live hungry. Hungry for the presence of God. There's lots of ways you can get the overflow, right? We could go on. I've got a list of 20 of them there. Fasting. If you fast, it'll starve your natural body and open up your spiritual body to, to, to recognize the supernatural. That way, you'll see more miracles. You'll see. You'll just see more miracles. Because I'm not like good at miracles. I'm just like anybody else here. I told a story in the first service about how I went into my. I'll just tell that story, shall I? I walked into. Uh, they rang me up and told me my auntie was dying and that she had a week to live. By the time I got there, they said they rang me actually the day before I left and said, "Too late. She's gone. She's unconscious now. She's in a coma. She's. It's over. Don't come." But I jumped on a plane in Auckland, flew to Brisbane, and walked into the Brisbane hospital not hospital, sorry, palliative care, whatever it is. And there she was. She was unconscious. She was, she was gone, mouth wide open, everything horrible, and uh, just dead. And, uh, and, uh, and what do you do? What do you do? I mean, it's intense. Those moments are intense. It's just like Daniel in the lion's den. That's what it's like every time. And she's too young to die. She's got multiple myeloma, and it's over. And... Uh, and you walk in there and you feel like Daniel in the lion's den and you go in and you're like, oh my goodness. The, the ears, you can smell death. I don't know about you, I can smell it. It's like a spirit of death. And you can smell it. Everybody's come depressed under the spirit of death. And I, get, I refuse to let that stinking demon get a hold of me or affect me. So I just walk in there and I'm like, gosh, this is horrible. I've got to change something. Let's sing a song or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. Anyway, I walk up. She's, she's had it, had it. And I just put my hand on her and I just said, I speak the power of the life of Jesus Christ over you right now. And it's just, it's just a prayer of life instead of death. It's just really, it's just what the Bible says. It's just what, Jesus turned up at Lazarus' tomb and he didn't get depressed with everybody. He just said, hey, Lazarus. <laughs> hey, Auntie Ray. 
There it goes. I think I did say that actually. <laughs> hey, honey, Ray. And next thing, her eyes pop open. And she speaks for the first time in two weeks. She utters these words. Death has just gone and faith just came. Yay. Some of you got a miracle in here today. Don't, don't keep it to yourself. Let it spread. When I got my miracle, I've told the whole world about it. I've prayed for more people than you can count. Seen miracles happen everywhere. She Next 10 minutes later, she's sitting up and she's like, I want to worship Jesus. Come on, you guys. I want to worship Jesus. Get some music happening. We're going to worship. And she starts worshiping Jesus. You know the problem with some of us? We can have mighty myeloma sitting on us. See, there's a, I'm sure it scales, scales. Mighty my, multiple myeloma sitting on you, and the worship bucket's empty. And as soon as she started filling that worship bucket up, mighty myeloma lifted off her, and I literally saw that happening. And I said to her, Ray, you're going to get totally healed, and you'll be out of this bed in no time. And she said, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Um, I'm her ne- nephew. She says, I'll tell you what's going to happen, Donald, which will pretty soon be a very famous world name, Donald. The Donald. Name your babies, Donald. Get ready to name your babies, Donald. Anyway, anyway, off track. Where's Lydia? Hope you're listening. I hope you're listening, Lydia. Not a Donald, it could be a Donna. Anyway, um, um, so, and incidentally, one of the ways to have an overflow is to have a sense of humor. If you haven't got a sense of humor, you'll never have an overflow because you'll be too intense, get intense around people. You haven't got Jesus. Nobody wants to ever, 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 ever see that. At least say it with a smile on your face, you know? Even if you say hell with a smile on your face, it's a little bit nicer to take. <laughs> anyway, and so next thing, where did we even get to? Oh, she's worshipping Jesus. No, I'll tell you what, Donald, I'm going home. I'm going home. And here's the miracle. That was two months ago. And here's the miracle of all miracles. She was dead. They'd given her, even a funeral director person was there. Arrang- I couldn't believe it. Arranging for her burial, arranging for a funeral. And now she's healed. She's at home. This is in two months. God is a miracle working God. And it's not about me, it's about Him. Not about me, it's about Him. I'm not that spiritual, as you can tell. But God is a miracle winger, and I believe anybody can do it, but it's out of the overflow, the overflow, the overflow. Get an overflow happening in your life. For heaven's sake, get an overflow happening. Get filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Get more God on you. I hop on an airplane the other day flying to Melbourne. Just one more story before I finish, okay? Or otherwise I'll have to say it tonight. And anyway, I get on an airplane and flying to Melbourne and they give me an upgrade, which is not unusual because I've got an overflow happening in my life, okay? So they call me to the counter and they say, Mr. McDonnell, Mr. Donald McDonnell, we're going to give you an upgrade into, into business, which is very nice. I, I don't care who I'm sitting beside in business because it's business. When you're sitting in cattle class, you're scared who will sit beside you because... <laughs> We won't go into that. <laughs> anyway, 
And there's a lady, a dear lady, she's 78 years old, sitting over there. I didn't even acknowledge her. I said, sat down, minding my own business. And business, you're so far apart, it doesn't matter anyway. She's on the window seat, winding her own business. I'm winding mine, and we fly, and we get about 10,000 feet. It is closer to God, I will admit. 20, 30,000 feet up in the air. And she starts crying. This dear elderly lady starts crying. And so when a woman starts crying, you know the drill, guys. Like, don't say anything, don't do anything, because whatever you do, it'll be wrong. You're only going to make it worse. So the dear old lady's crying, so I'm just like, I'm just reading my Bible, just hanging on and just preparing a message for when I get to Melbourne. And uh, then she starts crying worse. And when a woman starts crying worse, it's troublesome to a guy. It, It affects us emotionally girls when you start crying like that and sobbing it's like we we're we're gone we're confused we don't know whether to say something not say something we don't know what to do it's horrible and I was in that predicament and she got really bad and in the end my feminine side came alive (laughs) and I I literally leaned over and I said excuse me ma'am is there a problem because there must be. There must be. And because I'm thinking in my head, maybe she wants to get past me and my legs are too long. I'm all these thoughts. Maybe she wants to go to the bathroom, but she feels like she can't trip over my legs and all that sort of stuff. So I'm thinking, just don't say anything. And then I finally broke out, like I said, and I said, excuse me, ma'am, is there a problem? To which she responds to my horror, yes, it's you. I'm like every guy in the place right now, of course. (laughs) This is this is unbelievably the truth. This is like it's you, and I'm like, seriously. Excuse me, ma'am, did I do something? She said this to me. You remind me of when I was, I think it was nine years old. You remind me when I was nine years old. And I went to a little church down the road because my parents sent me to Sunday school. And when I went to that Sunday school that day, I had a God encounter. And she said something happened in my life that day that I'll never, ever forget. And she said, you know what, I'm 86 years old right now. 87, I think, 87. And I have never, ever felt that from that day till this. When you sat down here today, something happened in this airplane. And she said, I feel the presence of God. And that's why she's flipping crying. And and who would have guessed? And, And it's like, wow. And I ended up, amazing miracle. And I end up leading Anna to Christ. And, and she receives Jesus. And now she lives in Hobart and she's attending a church down there. I told you the name of that church. I can't remember it now myself. But anyway, a miracle happened at whatever we're at, 30,000, 38,000 feet. Obviously, we were closer to God. But here's the deal. The reality is it's the overflow. It'll fill a plane cabin if you're not careful. It'll fill a room with expectation. It'll fill you with hope today. And we've all got it. And I want you to let it overflow. And I'm closing right now in Jesus' name.
Lord, I thank you for miracles in this room. And I thank you for every person that's here that's caught something this morning. And I pray right now because I know that it's better caught than it ever is taught. And God, I pray, let your love and your power flood of this building with hope in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you right now for every person here. And before I close, friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you are so desperate for God's love to flood your heart today and maybe you feel lost and you feel hopeless and today I want to declare to you friend whoever you are we're not here it's not about condemnation it's not about how bad you were it's about how good God is and how much he loves you and I'm going to ask you just real quick lift your hand if you need Jesus today please just lift your hand if you if you need Jesus today. Who is that? I believe there's somebody here and you need Jesus today. Give me a wave right now. Don, I need Jesus. I need to get right with Jesus today. Is that you? That's you, honey. God bless you. God bless you. That's awesome. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? I don't want to miss you out today. Come on, who is that? I really feel there's somebody here today. I need to get right with God. My life is desperate. My life is, it's a mess, God. I I need you, God. I need your help. I need to get right with God today. Don, I want God in my life. Who is that right now? One other person, please lift your hand right now. You know that's you. God bless you, honey. That's absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. Thank you. Before I close, is there any, I don't want to miss it. God bless you, honey. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there another one this morning? Don, that's me. Come on, it's all about decisions. God, I want to be hungry enough to get under that glory of God. I want Him in my life. Is there anybody else? Sorry, I've gone over time. I realize it's I've gone over time. I'm all okay. Uh, Anybody else? If, If you really feel, Don, that's me. I need to get my life right with God today. I believe there's somebody you've been away from God. You're barely connected with God. You need to get reconnected. One will put a thousand flight, two will put There's somebody like that today. Who is that? Lift your hand right now and we'll pray and believe God. God bless you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you right there too. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all stand together, shall we? Oh, boy. Don't ever let it get intense in those moments. Don't ever let... Don't ever let, you know, in some churches, boy, it goes, you could hear a pin drop in those moments. But it shouldn't be like that. This is life. This is real life and real decisions, you know. Real life, real decisions in a real world. And um, so this is the God world. This is like talking about the overflow. Where are you positioned today? If God's pouring it over here, let's get under it. Let's get under the spout where the glory comes out. Let's position ourselves to receive something from God. Now, in this meeting this morning, there were people that lifted their hand. There were people that should have. And I'm going to ask you right now, and and I don't want this to be an uncomfortable moment. We're going to cheer, and I want to invite you to hop out of your seat and come on down the front end. We're going to give God all the glory as you come. Why don't you come? Just shift out of your seat. Come on. I want to pray with you. Can you come? Can you come? God bless you, honey. God bless you. 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 Stay here. God bless you, honey. God bless you. Absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. God bless you, ma'am. What a privilege. What an honor. What an honor. I honor you. It's all ladies. I mean, where are the guys? (laughs) But you ladies are amazing. I love you. You mess us up when you cry, but I love you. I believe that there is a guy here this morning who needs to get, and sir, I'm going to say this, you need to get right with God. You're like a handbrake to what could happen in your environment because you've got your foot on the brake because you're trying to reason it in your head and God says, get out of your head and get in your heart. 
oh, I'm too hard for that, I'm tough, I'm a guy, macho, da-da-da, who cares? When it comes to the deathbed, I found out it doesn't matter how macho you are, we're all on the same level then. And some guy, it's time to get right with God. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to invite you right now. Just jump out of your seat and come down here and say yes to Jesus. Who is that today? There's a guy here who needs to do that. I really feel, I'm not just saying that, I'm feeling that vibrantly in my heart today that there's a man here who needs to get right with God today. Who are you, sir? Waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm not even nervous about this because I've seen too many miracles happen at this point of the I had a guy one day, we got to this point of the service and nobody had responded, and I actually handed the mic back to the pastor and God said to me, I just I, I went and sat down, I thought oh, I failed, was wrong, and I handed the mic back. And just as I sat down, the Holy Spirit said, get up and get that mic back again and tell the guy to get out of his seat and come. And I thought, that could be a bit intense, but I did it. And finally, a guy comes down. He's 43 years old, and he literally came running down the aisle, sweating. He was red as a beetroot and sweating. And he said, it's me, it's me, it's me. And he gave his life to Christ right there. And he went home that night, had a massive heart attack, and went into eternity that night. And on the day I get to heaven, you know what? He's probably going to be on the gate that day. And, and he'll come out and he'll say, mate, a high five to you for just pressing through that next minute because I would have been in the wrong place if you hadn't got me in the right place that day. Thank you. And he'll give me a high five. So this is worth it. And sir, whoever you are, you're living. I tell you what, nobody knows about the things in your life that you need to get right today. And God is speaking to your heart right now. And I'm inviting you one more time to come. God bless you, sir. God bless I honor you for that. Gutsy step. It's a, gut, it's a gutsy step. When I gave my life to Christ, it's a gutsy step. But God will honor it. So I'm going to tell you, God's going to honor this day in your life. Get ready for the power of God to come on everything you do. I believe this is a transformations day. It's a day of miracles, everybody. In Jesus' name, we're going to pray right now. I want everybody in the house to join me in this prayer. God bless you, buddy. God bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Let's all pray, shall we? Hey, when we pray this, let's pray it with our heart. And, and remember, we're never about condemning people or judging people. One of the problems with the kingdom of God is that you talk to the average person in the world. I had a girl come up to me in the park the other day with a little baby in her pram. And she's, in fact, she had three kids, I think it was. And she had a guy beside her I never knew. And she said, oh, it's Pastor Don, isn't it? And I said, yeah, yeah, good to see you. She said, when I was eight years old, I used to go to your kids' club. And she's now, of course, pregnant, not married, living with some guy who's not the father to this kid and all that sort of stuff. And this is what she said to me. I thought it was a joke. She said, would I be allowed to come back to church? What a nightmare question. Would I be allowed? I thought the world knew that we wanted them in church. And she's asking, would I be allowed? You know why she's asking that question? Because they think we judge them. They think we judge them. They think we condemn them. God forbid that we would judge or condemn a living soul. God forbid that we would think, yeah, you need to be there. You need to get on the altar. You know the reality of life is we were never called to judge. We were never called. We're never called to be a judge or jury. We're called to simply love people and love them into the kingdom. And I laughed when she first said to me, am I allowed to go to church? And I laughed because I thought, I thought everybody knew they're allowed. But she felt condemned because she had a man with her that wasn't her husband. 
and she had situations that were a little out of control there. And I said, I gave her a hug. I said, baby, we'd love to have you in church. And you can belong to us as long as you like. And, and let's slap anyone over the head who says to her, I hope you're going to marry that guy. Let's like bang, bang and kick you out of church. Because, because in the Holy Spirit, big enough to tell her that, they're in church for about a month and he comes to me this guy he's never been there and he comes to me after they've been in church a month and he says look I don't know what it is I've been hanging around you guys in this church for a while and I think I need to do the decent thing with this woman and put a ring on her finger how cool is God nobody said anything God will sort lives out amen Father, we're going to pray right now because I've said enough right across this place I want every person to pray this for me and say Jesus I thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your goodness. God, I thank you that you loved me so much that you went to the cross and paid every debt I owe. You took all the condemnation that was due me and set me free. And I stand today washed in the blood of Jesus, forgiven, confessing that Jesus Christ is my Savior. Right now, I confess I am born again, brand new, starting over. Let's just go yee-haw. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.